0: Have you ever been on a dating app? <laughs> I think the same dynamic applies. You know, if, you, if it's not going to work, just you save yourself an evening, Christ, and move on.
1: What is Robin going on about? Well, keep listening to find out. This is Matthew Grant back with the highlights from the first half of our reverse pitch that we held in London recently. Now. We've had literally hundreds of companies on stage telling us what they are doing in technology, data, and analytics. So sometimes it's useful to stop and ask the insurers or other organizations outside of insurance what it is they want from the people providing all of this technology. In this episode, Robin Mertens is on stage in the first half of our event talking to Jamie Garrett from Talbot, Madeleine Duran from Bupa, Jason Smith from Experian and our very own Paolo Kumo in his new role as Head of Strategy at Brit. The whole evening was sponsored by our good friends at PKF Littlejohn, Chartered Accountants, experts in tax finance with a special interest in early stage companies and as well as established insurers. Lots of useful advice in here uh, and some explicit requests for help from all of our guests. Now look out for part two coming soon when I'm on stage talking to Allianz. Renaissance Re and Hiscox. And if you like what you hear in the podcast, you may also want to take a look at the summary report of the event that we are now putting up on the website. Great for a reminder of what was on at the event and also for sharing amongst your colleagues. There's a link to this in the episode notes. You'll also find a link to your free copy of Insurance Insider. If you haven't already discovered the Insider, take a look and see why we and so many others are enthusiastic readers of their daily news about what is happening in insurance in the wholesale specialty and reinsurance markets. Now, on with the show.
0: So next up uh, is Jamie Garrett. He goes by the grand title of Head of Digital Underwriting Strategy and he works for Lloyd Syndicate. So. There was a time in my life I never thought I'd hear those words in the same <laughs> sentence. That's a very grand title, and it suggests that your employers are trying to do things digital. What's the role, and you know, what does it entail?
2: There's a handful of people who operate at my space in in Lloyd's. Um, a few of whom are here tonight. Uh, in terms of, of what. the the grand title actually means. Um, For me, it's looking at how technology can enhance and expand our underwriting offering. Um, Enhance is basically how can we make our our underwriting more profitable, um, how can we offer better products, um, how can we generally deploy technology to assist our underwriters our brokers and our clients and then in terms of expand it's looking at distribution it's saying how can we use technology to enhance the reach of our um, of our underwriting so you've been in the in
0: that role for 18 months are you supported and have you what have you been able to achieve do you think
2: I began my career in underwriting and uh, I was one of a group of people internally who kind of went and said to the executive, we think the market's changing and we don't necessarily see the evidence of how the company is changing to match that. And they said, we get that. We want to put uh, people into a role in the team around this. And so, so there was that initial support. We definitely fight a battle every day in terms of trying to convince people who maybe are are more reluctant to acknowledge the fact that the market's changing, um, that it is, that we maybe need to think differently, that maybe we need to do things differently. Um, In terms of sort of specific successes, I'd point out a a handful of things. We we ran sort of an extended proof of concept for an online platform for some of our terrorism products. Um, It wasn't an outright success, but in terms of learning a lot of lessons and actually getting a product out and distributing, online, again that was something that that we wouldn't have envisaged being able to do a few years ago Uh, we've been working with 90 and that's not a shameless plug, like one of the things we were able to do when we were sort of separated from underwriting and given a sort of specific innovation remit was acknowledge that the company is not that good at innovation and we had capability gaps and go and say we need to fill those gaps, we work with 90 and we're beginning to totally reimagine some of the relationships we have with brokers and how we can interact with them that's been a wild success and I I can say that based on the reaction of the brokers. They were fascinated by what we were doing and said it's the first time that they've ever had people engage them like that. We've done some great stuff with data internally, which has begun to move the dial in terms of underwriting and claims. Um, And then we've got a few more things in the pipeline.
0: Is this a London market digital strategy in the sense that you have to cope with lots of legacy issues as part of your digital strategy?
2: I'd love to sit here and confess to us thinking about a purely digital business which does lots of really exciting, fantastic things in the manner that, that you know the people who normally sit on this stage talk about. It's not the case. Um, we have a legacy business um, and whilst it has a lot of problems and a lot of challenges, it's a billion dollar business, it's generally a reasonably profitable business and we can't just kind of push that to one side and build something new. We have to build on top of that. So it, it's a digital strategy in a London market sense.
0: Well, you're not alone in this room with, uh, with that issue. Uh, but you're owned by AIG. Is that a... Is that a uh, uh, probably some AIG people here, but is it a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, uh, you know, do they give you lots of money or do they hold you back? I mean, how does it work?
2: I, I think it's a good thing. And, and I'm not just saying that on the off chance that someone's in the room. Um, it, it, it lends a totally different... Uh, perspective to, to what we're doing. We're a small Lloyd syndicate. We focus very particularly on specialty lines and suddenly becoming part of one of the world's largest insurance companies and taking the breadth of what they do, the, the market clout they have, the resources they have, that, that brings a lot of opportunity to us. Um, it brings some complexity too, but I think if we can blend those two things well, um, you know, small and agile, focused and specialist, Versus big and generalist, that that's quite an interesting combination. I I think.
0: So looking forward, how are you going to spend your money? What are the three big areas of um,
2: you know investment for you? Distribution is one um, that that's massive for us, um, and particularly looking at how distribution changes, um, we're trying to look at it independently and form our own view of the world. Um, I think the future in Lloyd, future at Lloyd is going to have a massive impact on that and we're, we're definitely going to take that into account uh, underwriting pricing um, that's significant um, in terms of the, the you know the products how we price how we construct our pricing models how we make the underwriting process better that's something that, that, that we think is critical to, to kind of you know sustaining the competitive advantage we do have um, and then um, data and data you know that's a very generic answer, but but how it can support our underwriting, how it can support our claims, um, I think those would probably be the the, the kind of the big three.
0: On, on the data, are you looking for people to help you sort your data out, or new data sources to enhance what you do?
2: I think it's elements of both. Um, we sit on on a significant amount of data, and we need help sorting it out. Um, we, we've begun to do it in parts, and, and we've made some some really. Um, I, I, Progress, you know, impressive progress that I'm proud of. But we need to go far further. There, there's more that we can unlock from that. Um, new data sources that can enhance what we currently do is, is, is going to be incredibly valuable to us as well.
0: Jamie, thank you. A day in the life of a digital underwriting strategist. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> you very much. Uh, next, we've got um, Madeleine Durand from Bupa. Madeline has stepped in at incredibly short notice um, because her boss uh, has a broken vertebrae, which doesn't sound very nice. Uh, presumably, he's got very good private medical health insurance and he's in a, a very good hospital being looked after. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank um,
3: you for having me. It's... Uh, now,
0: we've not met, so do you want to introduce yourself rather than me make a mess of it?
3: <laughs> of course. Thank you, Robin. Um, I have a background, actually, in strategy consulting, but I've always been passionate about healthcare. It's a very exciting moment to be in this space.
0: Now, I don't claim to be a world expert in um, health insurance, but, but I sense that these aren't uh, golden times. Uh, you know, what are, what are the issues and why, are, why is health insurance not growing?
3: Um, there are two main reasons for that, really. The first is a quite hostile fiscal environment and things could get even worse if IPT gets any nearer to 20%. Um, and the second one is that customers are increasingly electing to self-pay for their treatment rather than um, having health insurance and, in fact, self-pay providers are, um, they're stating double digit growth for the past couple of years and they're very confident in their future growth.
0: Is that because the product's wrong and needs evolving? I mean, is it- there's clearly demand for it, but not necessarily the, what there is available, and, and that may need some more flexibility over t- time.
3: I think it's mainly the fact that the products, um, if you're an individual and you need to pay for yourself, they're quite expensive. Uh, and so at some point, people make the decision to take the risk upon themselves and pay for it, consider that the NHS are going to sufficiently cover them for a number of conditions, and then if anything more serious happens to them, they, then they will self-fund and this will be a more economical solution for them.
0: I won't be alone here in knowing what you think of Vitality uh, and whether they're eating your lunch or whether you don't worry about them at all.
3: They are the fastest growing competitor both in terms of lives covered and uh, in terms of profits, although they're starting from a much smaller base. However, they have a different area of focus and very, and um, very different strengths than we have. So they're focusing mainly on the SME and consumer segments, and they rely heavily on advertising um, and on wellness and loyalty programs to, attry, to attract a younger customer base. Um, in general, uh, when I've looked at the market, both in the UK, abroad, I find that new entrants have some, have some big similarities. So they, they target underserved uh, segments in the market. Uh, and they put forward capabilities that incumbents don't really have or that they're not very good at to differentiate themselves. And they all grow, but actually slower than what we'd expect for this to be called a big success. And I think personally that their biggest success might actually be shaping the way customers think about insurance and how they interact with the current providers they're using.
0: If you could wave a on- Magic wand and leverage the combined talents of all these people. Where would you address, where would you where would you point them? What, what how could they help?
3: Well, there are there are a few things that uh, would really help us going forward. Um, one thing would be a low cost admin platform that we would use to manage our corporate clients, and also a number of complementary products um, that we offer, such as travel or dental insurance. Another one would be a full stack PMI solution, if that's not too much to ask.
0: Anyone got some questions? Madeline, while she's here.
4: Hi. You, you talk about PMIs like illness industry. What about the move to wellness, so you don't have to claim?
3: There will be an increasing shift towards prevention. Um, however, there are very big uncertainties I think lying ahead about the data that are needed, the data that is needed uh, in order to build a truly preventative um, PMI product, and whether people will give our will give us their consent to use this data, and that has a big potential to dramatically change the industry. Um, but this is probably one of the biggest unknowns that lie ahead of us in our industry.
0: Madeline, thank you very much indeed. Really appreciate you coming in at short notice. Thank very you very much, Robin, you. thank,
3: thank you. you.
0: This is Jason Smith, um, everybody. He's the um, deputy lead of the data exchange uh, at Experian.
4: Tell me about your role and what it involves. So there's the the data exchange team itself. um, And and essentially what we're about is uh, working with uh, potential partners, so external to Experian, and utilising data that both we and the partner has to either improve products, create new products, um, and the way we typically go about doing that is through an innovation process. Tell everybody what experience
0: core expertise is and then perhaps where you might be going from here?
4: Most people will relate to Experian in terms of a credit score. Um, That's kind of what we're known for within the market. But we do have some some really interesting pockets um, that are completely unrelated to that. Um, So many people probably won't be aware that we do a lot within the marketing and targeting space. Um, There's a big business around uh, fraud and trying to help businesses prevent fraud. Um, and then we provide an awful lot of checks uh, around KYC, anti-money laundering, and so on. So you've got this phenomenal data set which gives insights into
0: people which must have some bearing on um, the insurance world. How are you 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 know, are you coming to insurance, and, and what are
4: you targeting? Uh, insurance has been a kind of neglected market within Experian. I think, you know, primarily there have been banks and Financial institutions driven so I think we we're slowly uh, and and you could say you know about time, uh, recognizing that the insurance market is something we need to go into. The data that I think we have is incredibly valuable in terms of working with insurance partners to, as I say either uh, improve uh, customer journey flows uh, or indeed develop some new products and Are you working with
0: insurance companies in short how are you working what's your preferred way of engaging the model
4: uh, we are working with some insurers so as a team we are uh, just completing uh, some work with 90 uh, we're doing some work with uh, lloyds and you know and also with some some other insurers as well directly
0: i'm seeing credit rating data as some form of proxy to be able to tell you um, something about your customer that is relevant to the underwriting process. Have we, have we got that far? Do, you, do, we, do we know of the
4: relationship of any kind yet? It's not so much the credit risk data, but it's the alternative data that you can get, such as so for example, transactional data via open banking. Um, that's an incredibly rich data set that can tell you all sorts of different things. So there may well be a correlation between um, an analysis of that data and um, you know, in relation to an insurer. So looking forward,
0: uh, what are the kind of companies you want to engage with and um, you know, what, do you want, what do you want to be doing, do you think, in, in the insurance world?
4: Uh, the simple answer is we, we just love to collaborate uh, as a team. So our remit is specifically to go out and collaborate with external partners. So the ask and the pitch is really if there are any insurers or anyone out there who thinks, well, we've got some interest in data, we know Experian have got some interest in data, can we explore what could be done with that data sets? That's that's our ask. Now, in terms of some of the areas that we're looking at, but it doesn't have to be limited to this, we're looking at things like, as I say, improving that customer journey flow, so making that as frictionless as possible. Maybe that's pre-populating forms and so on. We're looking at whether we can do something with risk models. Maybe that's using the transaction data, for example, that that you alluded to. Um, New products. Um, and, and and also looking at maybe some underserved markets, um, so things like the gig economy um, and and that sort of freelance market that probably has been a little bit uh, underserved.
0: Is there anything else other than that list that you would feel the innovation community could help with? And there's a second part of the question, which is if anybody here wants to engage with you, how do they and who do they? How do they go about contacting and engaging?
4: I, I, th- well, they can reach out to, to me within the team. Um, or, indeed, anyone else within the team. Um, but I think, as I say, it's that, it's that thing about data, and I think it's come up you know, twice already. People have data. They don't quite know what to do with it. We're a kind of specialist data innovation team. Um, and invariably, there's lots of things you can do. So that's the ask. Anyone else got a question for Jason? Do you think that what's going on with open banking could,
0: uh, could reinvent
4: itself in insurance? Could we have open insurance? Oh, there's no doubt. Open banking is, is a huge opportunity, not just within the insurance market, but, but, but generally. So um, I think the problem is that it's, it's been very slow to get off the ground and, and um, hasn't really had that traction. And I think that's probably going to accelerate over the next 12 months. Um, so again, what I would say to, to the insurance market is you know, go in with an open mind about what you could do with that level of data.
0: Brilliant. Jason Smith Thank from Experian, thank you very much indeed. Thanks for joining us. Brilliant. Next up, we have the Head of Strategy at BRIT. For those of you who don't know, this whole thing was founded by Paolo and I four years ago. <laughs> Would I be right in saying that for BRIT to have hired you and then James Birch as um, Head of Innovation, they. Uh, are now taking very seriously the what next.
5: I'm joining as head of strategy. James has joined as head of innovation. I need to focus on the what next. The point is that you know if you're a Talbot, if you're a Brit, you can't just hang around and and follow the, the the Lloyd's London insurance market. You have got to work out actually really what the customers want. And you know so at the heart of what we're trying to do, and this links totally to this reverse pitch, is saying how can we differentiate ourselves and you know, I, I remember back to the first reverse pitch that Intex ran three years ago and it was sort of both interesting and entirely unactionable. Um, and I look at where, where we are now and I say what do we want? We want help on bionic underwriting, we want help on claims and we want help on risk management as a service rather than risk coverage as a product. And most people sitting here will say, well, that's no bloody use, Paolo. That's so generic, we can't do anything. And I think there's two reasons for that. One is because we are all still, as carriers, struggling actually to understand. We're good at what we do. We're good at underwriting annual risks that the brokers bring to us. And so we're really struggling to articulate what we want to want to differently, which is why we look outwards. Parametric insurance is really interesting. It's not just another way of underwriting what we do. It is a genuinely different product. And so what I, what, um, what James Birch is, our head of innovation, I'm sure what Jamie wants, what others want, is people who have got genuinely new ideas of how to cover risks that have previously not been easy to cover. Now, you can give me as much data as you want to help me understand my current risks a bit better. And frankly, in a soft market, all I do is decline more risks as a result. What I really need now is people who can say, "Hey, there's this coverage. There's, sorry, there's this risk that hasn't been covered before. I have a plan for how to help you cover it."
0: So the focus is on new product or better ways of doing um, existing product. If you've got um, something interesting along those lines, what's the model? I mean, how are you going to? Are you going to invest in these things? Are you going to do lots of POCs? How how are you planning to make that work?
5: We at Brit are quite clear. Um, we have no plans to invest in people. We want to find a small number of partners who will work in us, and you know what? We say no within 10 minutes if we're not interested. And we've had a few interesting meetings where James Birch, our head of innovation, who's a little bit more brutal than me, has said halfway through the meeting, "Look, we're not going to achieve anything here. Why don't we stop now?" James is very practless. Look. This isn't going to turn into anything, let's save everyone time. And frankly, I think a lot of the, of the startups would have appreciated much more of that, frankly, from the carriers and the brokers over the last few years anyway. So we're like, interesting, not interesting, end of story.
0: Have you ever been on a dating app? <laughs> I think the same dynamic applies. You know, if, you, if it's not going to work, just you save yourself an evening, Christ, and move on.
5: If we we're all going to drag every single startup, and you know, even someone like Experian, who's got you know, infinitely more resources than the startup when it comes to playing the dating game uh, around sales, if we we're all going to drag them out, that's pointless for everyone. You know, let's be clear where we can tango and where we can't, and then proceed.
0: Very refreshing. Have you a very specific reverse pitch to make, or is it the one you've just made? In um, other words, bring me the yeah, So. so
5: Products that are currently not effectively underwritten. Come and tell us how you can do them. Parametrics are obviously interesting. You know, the topics like the gig economy, which are not well covered in the market, are interesting. Um, on the risk management side, you know, this is a soft market. We, we are absolutely interested in ways that we can help clients avoid having to claim in the first place. You know, and that's not a classic space that InsurTechs operate in, but I know there's plenty of companies out there looking at risk mitigation. That's interesting. And on the claims side, you know, the, the, the future at Lloyd's is making a big push on more efficient claims. And I look at one initiative we're doing, for example, on the SME side, which is working with a credit card company to directly pay claims on Sir Claimant's credit card. You know, Ideas like that that are just obviously beneficial for everyone. That's the type of thing we're interested in. Bring
0: them to you or James? Bring to
5: me or James. I'm around. James is in Las Vegas um, because he thinks that's cooler than here. But as a closing point on that, last year and the year before, we did not run this the same week as ITC because ITC was hot, ITC was buzzing. It's very clear now, I think, that you know, the, the razzmatazz is less relevant. It's actually you know getting shit done that now matters.
1: Thank you, Paolo. We covered a lot there, but don't forget, you can get the key takeaways in our report at www.instec.london in the events section, or just follow the link in the episode notes. Now, we have an incredible lineup of events between now, right up until March 2020. Uh, As well as our regular events, we've got a number of special members-only events coming up, including our wine-tasting meat insurance event, So don't miss out on what we're up to and find out generally what we think of the breaking news each week in our newsletter. You can sign up from the website at www.instec.london or again, follow the link in the episode notes. And finally, if you like what we're doing with these podcasts, please do give us a review and ranking. You can normally scroll down to the end of the episodes in whatever podcast platform you're using uh, and share it with others or indeed just tell us Directly what you think by emailing us at hello at instec.london.